You're listening to The Real Well Show with Kathy Fetke, the real estate investor's resource. On today's Real Wealth Show, I have the honor of introducing you to Real Wealth's new property team managers. Their job is to vet turnkey property teams, property management companies, and builders to make sure their quality is top-notch. They perform background checks and look closely at the company's track record before bringing them onto our referral list so that our members at Real Wealth can build their portfolios nationwide. I'm Kathy Fetke, and welcome to The Real Wealth Show. And Rebecca and Grant, so happy to have you here. Thank you. Thanks for having Very us. Very happy to be here. We are so happy to have you here and also to have you leading our uh, property team management, meaning that you're the ones out there looking for new teams, property managers, and um, you know professionals to help our members build their portfolio. So let's talk about, well, first of all, your... <laughs> Your application. We got a lot of applications for this position of property team manager. We were looking for one, and uh, and Leah just could not believe your application. And she's like, "This is it." So, what did you say in that that got her attention? Yeah. Well, first of all, I was like, "This is definitely for us together," <laughs> and I said, "We're the perfect team for you." And it's just, it was an immediate vision that I had that between Grant and I's different experiences and skill sets, it would be exactly what Real Wealth would be looking for. And so I put together pretty much, I think it was about a 10 page uh, (laughs) uh, explanation of why we would be great for this position and uh, be able to help Real Wealth grow. And apparently they liked it. So very happy about that. <laughs> they they loved the confidence. I think you signed it as uh, your new property team managers. <laughs> uh, so we loved it. Yeah. And, and so let's talk about your different skills. Where I'll start with, um, well, Grant, how did you get started in real estate and what's your expertise? Yeah. So I started in college. I bought my first house and and that was back in 2001. Um, I did house hacking, which I didn't really know that was a thing until I basically just rented out rooms to other college buddies and uh, just started there out in Sacramento. And once I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I wanted to buy more rental properties. So we first started buying some out of state, unfortunately not through Real Wealth. I knew of Kathy and Real Wealth um, before that. I think it was right around the same time. That, yeah. that real well started. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it was kind of like the beginning stages. So we started buying some houses out in Oklahoma and um, traditional rental properties. And we just started doing more and more um, doing flips, doing some wholesaling in Sacramento. And we started buying some more rental properties in Sacramento after the crash. And then we ended up deciding to move to Indianapolis, but <laughs> long story between then and there, but that's kind of how we started. <laughs> and Rebecca, is that the same story for you since you did, where you did this together while you were married? Yeah. Well, we bought the first few in Oklahoma together and, but I wasn't really as into investing as he was. Grant was very passionate and excited about it. I was in to, I had a, you know, pretty different career path. But I was excited that that was um, part of our lives for sure. So um, 
I had been, I had my foot in the door in real estate in a completely different way. I had become a site acquisition specialist for wireless cell phone tower facilities for Verizon Wireless. And so I was a consultant for eight years, basically acquiring, um, doing the leasing, long-term, 30-year leases, uh, 15-page documents with these property owners. And then I would go to the planning commission hearings and get the permits all set up for those and then hand it off to the construction team. And so I had a kind of different roundabout way of learning real estate, completely different side of real estate. I learned all about easements and uh, construction (laughs) in that way. So that was really fun. Eventually, a couple of years later, I decided to become a realtor when we were here in Indy and I helped us with our flips and our acquiring more rentals here. And that's been my real estate journey. I've heard the rentals. <laughs> I've I've heard great things about uh, leasing land for cell towers. That is pretty lu- lucrative. Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't know the first thing about doing that. Have you ever considered doing that? Oh, if the opportunity came about, um, the way that it worked back then, though, was it was more just the carrier would decide this is where we want it, and then approach the property owner. So there's definitely strategies on how to try to be in the right spot at the right time, but it was a little bit more reverse when I worked on it, but I would definitely consider it if I was approached. Yeah. yeah I know some people who would buy land specifically for that. And Grant, mm-hmm. you have a, a background in accounting. Is that right? Yeah. So I uh, used to be an accountant. I used to work for a CPA firm. Um, I did auditing of banks and school districts. And I worked for a uh, commercial developer called Panatoni um, Development Company, which is a larger company that um, I did all their accounting for their books, for their large commercial deals. And they were throughout the country. Um, And then once I started doing some flips and rehabs and stuff, I kind of left that behind and um, started doing real estate kind of full time after a while. after a little bit. So. I love to see CPAs who end up becoming investors because so often, you know, they're, they're working on people's books, but haven't actually done it themselves. You want to be careful about that, right? Being working with a CPA who hasn't actually invested themselves. If you own a, a yeah. lot of real estate, they might not know all the benefits. Yeah. Well, a lot of the, the friends that I was working with, you know, we are going through the balance sheet and the, you know, balance sheet of somebody and I said, do you ever do this for yourself? You know, what's your assets and what's your liabilities? And so basically that's what your net worth is, right? How often do you look at that for yourself? And people were like, oh, we, we don't do that for ourselves. I'm like, that's, yeah. I started doing that because I could realize the value of tracking it to find out, okay, this is what we can pay off. This is what we can do to increase our net worth. Um, and increase our cash flow and all of this. So kind of looking at the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's fascinating. It's like, it's kind of like the contractor who never finishes his own house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we've, uh, you've been a part of real wealth for uh, almost more than a half a year now. Is that, or some about most five of us, months, about, about five, five months. months. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so tell me about the processes that you've kind of, I, I know we already had processes in place, but you've continued to develop those. 
when looking for a new team that can help our members who are usually not in the same market. They're usually out of state and oftentimes out of the country. Um, so, so you're out there finding teams that have integrity, that have a track record to be a part of the acquisition process, to have teams to renovate if necessary and have connections to property management or they do it themselves. So what are some of the processes that you use to make sure that you're, um, you know, you're vetting a, a team well? Yeah, so one of the first things we do is double check their properties. And so we want to look at their, are they good deals for our investors? That's what matters. And that's number one. And then number, there's obviously a lot of factors. We want to do what we can to ensure the integrity and longevity of this team. So we are doing some kind of digging around, background looking, how long have they been in business? And do the track record matters. So we are looking at a bunch of ways that we could see that they've been doing that. And we get references. We want to hear from others who have experienced their great product and great management. And then we also finally go and visit the market and we check out the quality of the construction. Um, we know what to look for over these years. So we want to make sure that we're recommending really good, solid properties um, that have been either, you know, the rehab or the new construction that's going to be quality for the real wealth members. That's just a few of the things. We also do look at like the area itself. Like, is it growing? Is it, um, is there opportunity for growth in, in um, appreciation? Um, Are there new jobs coming to the to the area? Are there new industries popping up? So we kind of look at all of that as well, because we want to make sure that the areas that we're going into, there are some um, upside to it as well, because, you know, appreciation is is a big part of real estate. And if you can catch that ride going up, that's the place to be. And for many investors, they're going to be holding on to these properties long time. And you want to make sure it's an area where there's going to be solid tenants and renters throughout the period of time over those decades. So that's important. Yeah, you don't want to be in an area where people are leaving in mass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, okay. And and I love that you're from California, so you you could appreciate appreciation because a, lo- <laughs> a lot of if you were just from Indianapolis, that was kind of never a thing until recently, and they would just make it work without. Um, you know, without appreciation. And, and and that could be certainly done. I mean, cash flow is king, but uh, appreciation's queen and you need both, right? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, when you say the first thing you do is look to see if it's a good property, what do you determine as a good property? Just just if you're, all you're looking at is a pro forma and the numbers to start out with. And the first thing I would look at is making sure that it's going to cash flow. I mean, I've been I've never purchased a house that doesn't look like it's going to cash flow and mostly because I don't want to have to put money every single month into that so I want to make sure it's going to cash flow first um, then I'm going to also look at what are the financing looks like what are um, what are the what's the cash on cash returns how much money do I have to put in how much money am I going to be getting on that I do try to look at what my projected um, market increases are. So what is it going to go up 
over the next couple of years? What's the projections going to be? Is it going to be in a good market? Uh, what are the rent projections? Are they going to go up as well? Um, and those are the main things that I'm going to start off with to when I'm looking at the numbers. And what we're doing is we're comparing to what's available in the market today. Yeah. And that mm -hmm. has changed over time, right? So six months ago, a year ago, that might've looked a little different than it is looking right now. And it might look a little different in six months. Um, but we have a lot of really good properties from our teams right now. So, and it's a perfect time to buy as we've been talking about, uh, even, you know, with our, the interest rate climate, it's still really good, right? Kathy, we talk about that a lot, that we have a lot of good properties um, that are available to our members. And so when a new team comes in and we're looking at those, we're pretty much comparing to what we have. And we want to make sure they're in the, you know, at least similar or better. And that way we're providing really good deals for our members. It's, it's really interesting consumer sentiment right? At, you've got buyer's markets, you've got seller's markets. And when I have been in front of the room, I've said this before, I would ask the audience, do you know what a buyer's market is? And they would say, yeah, it's a great time to sell. And okay, well, what's a seller's market? Uh, I guess a great time to buy. Like for some reason, this is confusing to a lot of people and generally to the masses who, who usually buy in a seller's market and sell in a, in a buyer's market. Uh, so, I mean, literally, like you said, a year ago, people were clamoring over properties that were more expensive. And um, granted, yes, of course, interest rates were lower. But today they're panicked because simply consumer sentiment, because the the deals that you're presenting to Real Wealth members, the interest rates aren't really that bad. Mm -hmm. Yet the prices are better because the negotiation today is stronger. So. I would love for you to kind of just summarize that email you sent to us at Real Wealth to, to all of the investment counselors and to all the property teams, letting them know how we can kind of work around these high interest rates. Yeah, well, one of the products that's come back to the market is an adjustable rate mortgage. And there's a seven-year or a 10-year arm, they call them. And what's really different about the ones that are available today versus like 10 years ago is that these are not interest only. These are amortized over 30 years. So you're still getting a great loan and you have the option to refinance at any time, but it's, it's locked in at that rate for the seven or 10 years. And then there's a cap. It can only go up at, what is it, approximately 2% at most. So it's still a really great way to end. So what they're doing is they're offering lower interest rates for those. And the one that we saw the other day was 5.9. And it's just a two points pay down to get that rate. And a lot of our sellers are actually offering to pay those two points for the buyers. So yes, we have interest rates in the fives right now. And if they're not offering it, then ask for it. I mean, yeah. right now, as they say, it is it, it is kind of a buyer's market. So ask for what you can. And if they're willing to do it, that's great. Yeah, to, to again, summarize it, uh, buyer's market means the buyer has more power. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it's, yeah. it's a power in negotiations. If, if you're a seller and you 
and you have 90 people waiting outside <laughs> to buy your property with with 20 of them ready to pay more uh, than, than your asking price and don't care about any repairs being done, well, of course, you're going to take the best offer. Yeah. But when you're trying to sell that same house nine months later and there's nobody <laughs> at the door, you know, you, it's the buyer who uh, who has the power. And that's where we're at today. And that's what so many people don't understand. What are your thoughts? I know I've given mine many, many times on many shows, on many podcasts and all the time. But what are your thoughts on interest rates? Do you think people will be able to refi at a later time into a lower rate? Or do you think they're just going to go up from here? Well, I think that, you know, five and a half or 5.9% is a very good interest rate. Um, I know when I buy properties and especially, you know, I try and once you, we have so many, too many of them, it's harder to get traditional financing. So some of our loans have always been in the 6% range, um, even on a 20 year fully amortized loan. So that's even more money that I'm paying because I'm paying down more principal. So 5.9 is still a great, a great rate. I mean, it, you know, it's kind of funny thinking that two and a half or 3% is the norm for a lot of people, but that's not, I mean, back in the what eighties, it was in the 18%. So 5.9 is still really good. <laughs> yeah. Like Grant said, we're kind of used to interest rates at least oh. six or so. So. Yeah. I mean, when I started investing, rates came down from 9% to eight. We were so happy to have a 8% loan. Uh, then when it you know went to seven and then six, then, oh my gosh, that was wonderful. It's been pretty hard over the years to get into the fives in general. For investment yeah. property. So yes. people are just spoiled. I keep saying to people, if you want low rates, like in the fives and fours for <laughs> investment property, then you're also wanting a recession because that's mm. what goes together, right? Do you, do you really, totally. would you rather have a strong economy and five, 6% rates or, or another pandemic and get down yeah. to two, right? <laughs> I, I'll, yeah. I'll take the higher interest rate. <laughs> yeah. And we like to look at the big picture. I mean, you're purchasing this property that is. Yeah going to appreciate over time and you're getting the tenant to pay down the mortgage. So there's both of those and you most likely have some cash flow, at least enough to cover the expenses um, and that kind of thing. So just looking at an interest rate is really limiting what you can do, especially for building your wealth for your future. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I don't mind if people want to be sitting in fear. That's kind of okay for us, right? Because yeah. that yeah. means more opportunity. It's more. <laughs> well, uh, and the, the other thing is, is that, you know, if you look at it, to Rebecca's point, is that the $300 a month cash flow that you get from a property or $200 isn't going to make or break you, right? Like, that's not going to like let you quit your job. I mean, you'd have to buy 30 or 40 of them to replace your income. The main thing is, is that long-term, that longevity of that asset that ensure in 30 years, it'll be paid off. And that's when you really get them. If you hold on to it that long, um, you know, 30 years, that's when you get the bigger income. Yeah. Or if you have an appreciating one, you do the exchanges, then but you, it's, you have both of those options when you're investing. Yeah. I love that you are reminding people of that because it, it just comes back to the basics of why are you investing? 
yeah, the $200 a month cash flow, or in some cases, $50 a month cash flow is not going to change your life. But what will change your life is time. And and time is a coming, whether you like it or not, (laughs) 10 years will pass, 20 years will pass. Uh, I really think after 10 years, even after five years, in some cases, people are like, okay, I get it. I get it now. Because inflation isn't new, right? I mean, when you started investing, what were you paying for for properties back then? Well, we were in Sacramento and I think we bought one for like 120. And right now <laughs> it's that same property property is probably worth, you know, 350. <laughs> yeah. Which is very, you know, it it was this very small three bedroom, one bath house. It was like one of our first rental properties. So that it's crazy to think that that's what the price was back then, but now I'm sure it's a lot more. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, we were, we were paying 120,000 in, in uh, Dallas, Texas, and those are worth, like you said, 350, 400 today. So this idea that inflation just showed up this year in 2022 <laughs> is just not true. Uh, it's been here. All you have to do is type in anything, go, go to Fred. Um, it's the, uh, Federal Reserve of St. Louis and type in housing or uh, food or anything. And you can see over yeah. over the decades, inflation has been here. And fortunately for real estate investors, real estate tends to inflate in price it, it, because you just can't create as much housing as maybe you'd like yeah. to. It just can't build it overnight. It's not like crypto. <laughs> you can create it <laughs> with one keystroke. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. What have you liked most about working at Real Wealth? Definitely the teams, you know, everybody that we work with is very enthusiastic, one, about the market. And we obviously, the last few months when interest rates went up, we have, and since we've started, things have been fairly a little bit more challenging with interest rates rising. Some people are trying to be like, well, I don't want to buy. But everybody has been coming together saying, hey, we still all believe in real estate. We know real estate is a great product to purchase. And everybody got together and said, okay, how can we ease people's concerns, which it is kind of a concern, but it's like Rebecca said, it's it's a minute concern. You can always refinance in a year if interest rates go down. Um, but buying that asset and buying that long-term and longevity is what really real estate is all about and just being around people who know that and are enthusiastic about real estate mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. the main thing. <laughs> yeah, I agree. The people are amazing. Both the real wealth team, the property teams, the investors were in this uh you know like-minded space where we can give value. We could share our knowledge and experience and in you know impact and really help grow everybody. And I think to me, that's just really amazing. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have been leading our monthly masterminds with the property teams and bringing them all together to share ideas and solutions. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just great to, to see how effective those meetings are where, you know, the, maybe the Cleveland team has an idea that really helps the Cincinnati team or Florida has got a way to you know, obviously, Florida pricing is going to be more expensive. So how do you make that work with the interest rates? And yeah. and then they come up with this idea to pay for pay points to, to get the interest rate down, you know, and yeah. discounts on the houses. I mean, it's it's great. It's great to see everybody working together for the greater yeah. good. 
<laughs> Wonderful. All right. Well, I can tell you, we're so excited to have you both kind of a two for one deal. <laughs> Pro- yeah. and, and of course, Rich and I understand that, right? Working together as a couple, uh-huh. you both often it's opposites attract and, and you each bring something unique to the table, which is, mm-hmm. we really appreciate. Yeah. Great. Right. Well, thanks. We really appreciate it too. Thank you. Uh-huh. Any last tips for our members on um, advice or suggestions during this time? Yeah. I, I mean, I've always heard people saying, oh, I wish I started last year. I wish I started earlier. And there's better, there's no better time than today. Like the, what do they say that there's no better, if you, the better time, the best time to plant a tree was yesterday. The next best is today. So it's the same type of a thing with, with buying real estate is today is the best time. And then, or yesterday was the best time. Today's the next best time. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I agree. definitely. And I just wanted to mention if anyone out there is a turnkey property provider or knows one who would like to work with Real Wealth members, go ahead and contact Grant and I, and we would love to be in contact with you. Great. And they can reach you at uh, grant at realwealth.com or Rebecca at realwealth.com. And we'll have that in the show notes. And of course, you can mm-hmm. always go to realwealth.com mm-hmm. and uh, contact one of our investment counselors. All right. Well, Rebecca and Grant, thank you so much for joining me here on The Real Wealth Show. We're just so happy to have you as part of our team. Thank you, Kathy. We're very happy to be here. Thank you for joining me here on The Real Wealth Show. If you'd like to find out more about the property teams that have passed our very strict vetting standards, just go to realwealthshow.com. When you're there, it's free to join. You'll have access to lots of market data and referrals to property managers, property teams, and builders who can help you build your rental portfolio. Again, that's realwealthshow.com. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to realwealthshow.com.